The Athletic. Hello everybody and welcome once again to The View from the Lane, the Tottenham Hotspur podcast from The Athletic. I'm Danny Kelly and I'm joined once again by The Athletic's newly anointed Tottenham reporter Tim Spears and the man in charge of commissioning all that gorgeous Spurs content on TheAthletic.com, Mr James Moore. Um, Fun fact for those of you who want to know, uh, of course Charlie Eccleshare would no doubt be telling us this if he was here, um, anointing. Um, biblical usage of anoint means to ceremonially have one's head smeared or rubbed with oil. Tim, you weren't anointed, hazed or in any other way initiated into this podcast. You've just trun in, as we would say around here, head first, yeah? Uh, I, was, I, was, I was whipped uh, by James, Jack and Charlie. Oh, that's quite enough of that. What about the podcast, yeah? Uh, I was made to watch all of Chris Armstrong's goals for Tottenham and memorise each of them. And then driven oh. uh, 30 miles from the stadium and, and made to find my, way, my own way back. Chris Chris had a spell. He was Spurs, I think you might say he was Spurs record signing for a while there, wasn't he? Um, for those of you too young to remember, centre forward, um, good player from Crystal Palace, never quite clicked at Spurs. He had a bit of a decent run, though, and suddenly found himself in the England squad. Now, as this is the international break, Spurs Internationals is the theme of, to, of today's podcast. Um, and I remember being at Wembley. I can't remember who the game was against. And Chris must have run up and down the touchline for 45 minutes during the second half, waiting for the call that never came. So he's not even a half-cap wonder like Steve Perryman with his half a cap against Iceland um, back in the day. Um, so but Chris is there. Thank you very much indeed. Now, before we start, I just want to this is the international break, but it's an international break with a difference. It is the international break which sees the World Cup. And I think this fact has been... A little bit overlooked. I mean, James will say it's causing him terrible work problems. Um, In the welter of fixtures we've already had in the Premier League and and, and the Champions League, the World Cup is now literally a few weeks away. Tim, first of all, you. um, There's a a kind of thing to say that club football is more important than international football these days. And, you know, with the stand in the the Champions League, I totally get that. Are Are you a person who's looking forward to the World Cup? I, I'm looking forward to it in terms of there being four games a day squeezed into oh. quite a small period of time. Warm your hands on that fact, everybody. Oh, it's too many. If you've got, if you've got a full-time job, James, it's too many. If you're lying around like the rest of us, it's just... Oh, no, my, full, my full-time job will be to watch those football <laughs> matches. Don't you worry about that. I've got the dream gig. But for, uh, look, and you find this on that day. Normally in the World Cup, there's one day with four games. rather, And I think there's like 12 in this one or, or now 11. And every single World Cup, I have the same thing. They're like... Have, try and have a big blowout, watch four games. It's quite often the first Saturday. Uh, and you think, okay, right, I'm going to go to a few different bars. I'm going to watch four different matches. It's going to be really exciting. And every single time, and you had this in lockdown as well when there were four Premier League games on TV in a day. Four matches is too many to watch in a day. You just get football fatigue. Yeah, I, I, I can hear that. Um, except I, I, t- I take that and I raise you my experience of the last World Cup in Russia um, where... I was essentially talk sports um, studio man. So I was being paid, and you know the kind of exorbitant uh, money that I pulled down, I was being paid 12 hours a day to sit in the studio in London to basically link together the three matches a day. Not only that, so I'm being paid to watch World Cup football in an air-conditioned studio in what was a very hot summer, if you recall, while hand-picked flunkies brought me cups of tea. 
I think it was an absolute career high. I, mean, I know this podcast, but <laughs> absolute career high for me. I must say the silence from uh, London about my uh, what I'm going to be doing in this World Cup is absolutely deafening. Um, but that's okay because I've got this podcast. But it's, it's, it's going to um, be it's going to be bizarre with the time of year. I mean, you know, normally. Obviously, summer games, everyone out in Trafalgar Square or some park or whatever, watching it on a big screen in their England tops, throwing pipes in the air. It's just not, they're all, everyone's going to be wearing puffer jackets and duffel coats and, 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 and huddling inside. Oh, I it's know. Be, yeah, you can't chuck mulled well, wine in the air, can you? I know, Tim, but in the, in the World Cups, you like to watch it in your garden in just lilac posing pouch. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. Oh, gold, sure. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 going to be really hard. I mean, that, that, but also the whole dynamic of the domestic season is just going to be the second half of the season is going to be so unpredictable. Form fatigue, injuries, the the mental aspects of highs and lows. Another transfer window, adding to the kind of. Are you looking forward to it, James? Yeah, I am now. So I'm kind of knee deep in World Cup content for the athletes yes. now uh, that people will be able to see in the next few weeks or the next two months, and that has definitely got me in the mood for it. And obviously, this World Cup more than. Even the last, there are sort of ethical question marks. But when it comes down to it, it's the World Cup. It's going to be great fun. I'm looking forward to it a lot. It is going to be so weird. It's basically, we're going to have, you know, that moment you have before every international break mid-season where it's either a good time or a bad time. That's going to be like exemplified times by about a million, isn't it? Because we're going to be like, whether it's a month without Premier League matches. And they're all going to sort of often play, some of them, five, six games. It could just completely change the dynamic of the season. Yeah, and I mean, the actual tournament itself, I am looking forward to it massively. Obviously, I've spent, since I was on air the day it was announced, at the, at the actual time that it was announced, and I, I, I said with tremendous certainty, this is absolutely disgraceful, Qatar, etc. I promise you, no football will ever be kicked in a World Cup match in Qatar. I've got about seven weeks to stymie that now. Do you know what? I think if you look back through my tweets, I think I tweeted that yeah. on that day as well. Good. Well, they're great minds and all may, that. I might delete it, actually, now. When was that? It feels like it feels like a lifetime ago that that, that, that was announced. How many years ago was that? Oh, God, it must be, it must be a... Yeah, it feels like 11, 12 years ago, yeah. Yeah, a very long time ago. I mean, of course, I, partly I, I go back to the World Cup well to, to renew my own love of football because, I, you know, I was always already a Spurs fan and going to Spurs. But the 1970 World Cup comes around and I know everyone's going to talk about the great Brazilian team, but the greatest football match I ever saw was the semi-final between Italy and West Germany. Um, and I, I thought that at the time and it just cemented everything I, I love about football. But... Um, I haven't changed my mind. It's still the greatest football match I ever saw. Now, when you watch it on TV now, of course, it's very slow and all the rest of it. But the drama on the on the day with Beckenbauer with his arm taped, gaffer taped to his chest because he'd broken his collarbone, but you weren't allowed to substitute, will stick in my mind for a very long time. Bearing in mind that it's the international break and the World Cup is coming, we're going to do uh, a quiz now. Be warned, those of you who are regular listeners to the podcast, um, we know that the end of season quiz a few weeks ago, a couple of months ago, uh, you, you may have missed this, Tim. You're very lucky if you missed this. Lasted for 94 minutes. Um, such was the A, thickness, and B, competitiveness of the participants um, that it went on for an hour and a half. I'm going to try and do it. This is five minutes only. Um, and here's where, where it's uh, going to be different. In a, in a podcast Indeed, broadcast first, we're going to run two quizzes simultaneously without the aid of a safety net. Now, James doesn't know this. You're going to answer the questions for one quiz, Tim, 
And James, you've got another quiz coming. And the reason for this, James, I've got to whisper this because Tim might be easily offended, is the questions are too easy for you in the original quiz that we planned, right? Just, we should just make sure Tim knows that in the last quiz I did beat Jack and Charlie together. Uh, no, there's no, actually, I don't remember that at all, well, did you? What was, was that you against the other two in like a blockbuster-style thing? Yeah, blockbuster. Oh, was exactly. it really? Yeah. yeah. The former producer couldn't be bothered to put the theme tune in, though, so that's, uh, that's why so, you had to leave. Tim, your quiz, uh, for the benefit, and of course, we all know these quizzes only work if the, uh, the listeners, the subscribers, actually join in. And by right, So get a pen and paper ready, everybody. Your quiz, Tim, is um, the last World Cup. Famously, Spurs had more players in the semi-final of the last World Cup than any other club on earth. By a mile, as it turned out, once Russia went out. Your job is to tell, is to tell me the, ni- the nine players that Spurs had. Don't start until I get, because I've got to start James simultaneously. The nine players registered with Spurs at the time who made the semi-final of the 2018 World Cup. For bonus points, if you can tell me the three other players from Spurs who also took part in the, in the tournament, you'll have your points. I'll tell you when to start. Now, I do understand that um, this quiz might not be as exciting as it should be for you, Tim, because the nature of the quiz was exposed in a, an email sent around by our producer. So you've had three days to look this up, okay? He, so, he hasn't looked at the running order until about two minutes ago. No, okay, face. okay. James, uh, this is this is your now. Obviously, you could you could rattle those names off because you're a Spurs fan like that. Yeah, can I also say I've been able to do that quite easily because we did it on the podcast about six weeks ago. So I guess it's a Excellent. test of whether Tim Good. was listening to that. He wasn't. Right, right. Yours, James, is this. In the course of World Cup history, ten players who have worn the Spurs shirt have played in the World Cup final. Ten, right? And so. I've can they have joined Spurs after? Yes, of course. They were either before they joined Spurs, while they were at Spurs, or after. They have been Spurs players. We do not... I, I, I want to use the phrase, have worn the Spurs shirt, but you'll immediately say Maradona. And it's not Maradona, right? So you've got 10. You've got um, nine to get, Tim. And there's no big competition. You just want to hit... So start firing away. And, and your five minutes... St- I better get a stopwatch. I'm not really. I'm, I'm pretending to get a stopwatch. Uh, your five minutes starts now. And so are we both just kind of like shouting yeah, names shout out over the top I've got a list, of, I'll tick uh, them off just for fun, yeah. Well, there's ten. Well, there's a couple. Well, I don't want to say too much. Uh, yeah. There might be some crossover. There, there so is. A, there the is. A... If, Tim, if I say Lloris and Perisic, um, that's. I like because Perisic wouldn't count for. Yeah, Tim's. that's right. They, okay, well, I give so you one, I'm, Tim, you've you got Lloris and Perisic. That's very good, and that gives you. I mean, that gives you a one. Obviously, Tim, you are allowed to speak up, Tim, and you can say Harry Kane. There it goes. So you're going. Kane and, and Lloris, yeah? Semi-finals? I think I'll go with Lloris, yeah, yeah. good. Well, he was in the final, so I think you've got every chance that he, he was among the semi-finalists. Uh, Eric Dyer. It's good. Deli Alley. is very good. I'm finding this really confusing now, because I'm thinking he's yeah. some players. Like, Deli Alley has not played in the World Cup final. No, but you're doing a different quiz. I told you, this has not been tried before, and I, susp- and I suspect I know the reason why. Yeah, and you're yeah. just demonstrating it. Well, it's all for your enjoyment, Danny. Who cares about the listeners? Ma- Martin Peters. I think you'll find I am the listeners. That is true. Just as Jim Leahy is the booze. You know what I mean? Martin Peters. Martin Peters is very good. He's the first one. Um, 1966 World Cup final. Uh, you've so far got four um, of the uh, nine semi-finalists uh, who were, I suppose, at the time. Uh, Kieran Trippier. Trippier is good, yeah. 
Come on, you've only got two so far. No, I've got um, three, haven't I? James. Lloris Perisic. Oh, Perisic, yes, you have got three, And I'll three, give you yes. Christian Zeger as well now. That's, you know, that was yeah, one of the ones that I hope would trip you up. That's really good. Christian Zeger. Uh, that gives you four out of the ten. Vertonghen. Uh, Vertonghen is one, yes. In the uh, semi-finals. I'm going to write this one down. Is this like get it wrong and you're out sort of territory? Or? No, not at all. I just want okay. to... William, just... William Gallas? Absolutely magnificent. That is magnificent, William Gallas. If you're genuinely not looking at the internet, that is really, really good. Because bear in mind, our producer, who swans around the building these days in charge really of does. any number of podcasts, um, told me he doesn't remember William Gallas playing for Spurs. Um, wow. I'm, fra- I'm afraid I do. It was during Harry Redknapp's Let's Buy All the Chelsea and Arsenal Rejects phase, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think Nicola Berti might have played in 94. That is that is ju- that's, that's, you, you've, you've won the internet. That is the one that I presumed. Uh, Nicola Berti, not only played, started for Italy in the World okay. Cup final. Very thing, good. A, a lot of these are like, these are things I would have known as a kid because there weren't that many when I was like mm-hmm. sort of 14. And obviously like, well, well, I remember being quite excited when Ziga played because he actually played four Spurs you, at that moment. Well, this most is why I wanted, others. you've got all the oh, hard Klins, ones. Oh, Klinsman, I guess Klinsman. Klinsman, yeah. You've got all the hard ones. Yeah, so when I was a kid, it was all like sort of P- Peter's Klinsman, Bertie, who didn't play for Spurs at the time they played in the World Cup final. I have a feeling, have I got one more to get? You've got one, two, three more to get. One of them is very obvious, played in the last final. Ah, uh, Modric. Good. You've Did got Chalika two to play get. As well? uh, no. Play oh. You've got two to get. One of whom. Oh, 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 is... Are we in a race here? Because I've no, got a couple. No, two no. It, uh, well, you're you're in a race of mental capacity, I suppose. I'll, um, <laughs> I'll let him out. Alderweireld. Very good. And Nasser Chadley. Now, Nasser Chadley had already left Spurs by the time the semi-finals came round. That there is a third Belgian, and you've got a fifth Englishman to get, and then you'll have got all of them. You've got Kane, Ali, Dyer, Trippier. There were five England, play- five Spurs players in the England squad in the in the last World Cup. Uh, Dembele for Belgium. That's correct. A so Englishman. Yeah, and you've got two to get. Um, uh, well, and what I'll say, one of them is. How can I put this? Would be in my all-time Spurs eleven, and the other one is a very good player as well. You've done amazingly to get to get Nicola Berti, Christian Zeger, and William Gallas. Um, people, you know, when I was asked if I, do, I would do this podcast, and I was doing some investigation into the people I'd be sharing the, the platform with. Um, people told me that you really were a brainy cove. I did not believe one word of that, James, looking at you. Um, but it turns out, it turns out you're you're carrying a massive brain inside that yeah, massive head. Yeah, but I, and yeah, I've missed seemingly a very obvious one. Um, yes, you have. Yeah, so far. It's already too obvious for me. Do you know what um, I mean? I, don't, I like. Is it just of... the. Shall I go through the list again? Martin Peters, Ivan Perisic, Luka Modric, Hugo Lloris, Jurgen Klinsmann, William Gallas, Christian Zieger, Nicola Berti. You've got two to get. Players. Oh, oh God. Okay. Ardias and Villa. Ardias is correct. Villa didn't play. I didn't play in the final. In the final, okay. no. So you've got one to get, and he's very much of your generation of your time of oh, loving well, spurs a millennial yeah if you like yeah uh, have you got this fifth england player yet Tim? i can only think of carl walker see, danny but but he, he surely wasn't still at spurs no, gone by then you see you see but you see mr producer you said this wouldn't work it's actual podcast gold isn't it or at the very least rolled gold this is no ratners this is the real thing 
2014 World Cup. Is it 2014? Who's that? Germany, Argentina. Is there anyone in the Argentina team? No, it's not that World Cup. It's not Germany. 20, 2010, Spain. Van der Vaart. Raphael van der Vaart came on as a substitute. James Moore. James Moore, everybody. I thought he wouldn't get... I didn't think Tim, anybody clap. would get them. Um, Tim, clap I'm, along. I'm, I'm clap. Clap. It's not going to clap. Ooh, insubordination. The, the, the quiz hasn't finished yet. We're going to start applauding yet. That was brilliant, James. I'm um, seriously. I know, I know. Uh, what I would have preferred was you to have failed by about three so I could have got more juice out of it. But you got, <laughs> I mean, I think it's just gone on for quite a long time. Don't worry. I know. See where it's D. That is really, Come really on, good. Tim. One more. And it's an England player, Tim. Come on. Nope, can't think. All right. Uh, you're absolutely right. An England player, a player in the England squad for the for the last World Cup, who has now disappeared into utter obscurity. Hello, Danny Rose. Ah, uh, really? Yeah. Danny Rose, bloody yeah. hell. So the the nine Spurs players who made semi final the last World Cup very quickly: Harry Kane, Deli Ali, Eric Dyer, Kieran Trippier, Danny Rose, Jan Batonga, Toby Alderweireld, Musa Dembele, Hugo Lloris. Now you can rescue yourself here. At the last minute, Tim, if you can name the three other Spurs players, there were Spurs at the time, um, one of them still, two of them still are, who played, didn't make semi-final, also played in the World Cup. Uh, Son would have been there, that I'd imagine. Correct. Uh, Christian Eriksen. Correct. And He's one more is still at the club. Yep. Oh, who's this? Yeah. But Moore doesn't know either. Oh, that's good. Uh, we're we're almost up to the five minutes. Sort of Every, everyone's... Almost got it. Oh, is, there, is there an actual? Is the stopwatch still going? Is it? You've got about fifteen seconds to guess the uh, the, the the fifth one. No, oh, sorry, the third one of the players who also played in the World Cup. Do you know it, James? No, I don't know. I mean, it feels like it's Gabriel. <laughs> if it's a current player. Well, you've got yeah, uh, you've only got twenty-five to choose from. Oh yeah, you? and it's someone who was there for four years ago as well. <laughs> it feels like it must yeah. be really, really obvious. Well, the idea of him playing in the latter stages of a World Cup is not as obvious as it seems. So he wasn't. He was just at the World Cup, though, not playing in the latter stages. So right. He played. No, 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 no. He just played. He played in the group uh, stages. Shall I tell no. you? No. No. All right. Good. We could. Wales were no, there, were they? Of course they weren't. Um, Wales, sir. I'm stuck here, Danny. It's because you can't bring your mind to associate him with the upper echelons of professional football. This sounds harsh on, it sounds harsh on Lucas Moura. Davinson Sanchez, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Colombia qualified for the last World Cup. They certainly didn't do this time. Didn't they lose seven straight games in the qualifiers in South yeah, America? Yeah, he was absolutely it's hammered, wasn't he? Bro- he was getting destroyed in the press over there. And then if he got back he in the team, and everyone loved him again. So. Um, well, they, they, they got back in the team, but they didn't qualify. So... Thank you very much. I thought that was really splendid. James, again, I'm, I'm in more in awe of the more. Um, and uh, Spear, Tim, well, slightly... Yeah, come on. Spears for Spears? <laughs> we get both of those put Tears on T-shirts. Spears. Let's do it. Tears for Spears. Okay. Uh, how are the uh, how are the View from Lane T-shirts going? Yeah, very, it sells very good, through the roof. If you, have, if you haven't got yours yet, you know where to go. To the Athletic, you have to subscribe. It's only a pound a month for the first six months. And the T-shirts are really very, very... Um, <laughs> Here come training standards. Generous, gen- generously priced and indeed, of course, generously proportioned as T-shirts really ought to be. 
Um, I think uh, why don't we have a break there because obviously people's minds uh, almost turned to mush with the quality of that broadcasting. And I think we'll have, we can have, we'll have the break. When we come back, we'll talk about the Spurs players who are uh, on duty in the current international break and how they're liable to do in the upcoming World Cup. Yep, just weeks away, covered in massive detail on The Athletic, uh, which is, of course, the reason you're listening to The View from the Lane. With me, Danny Kelly, James Moore and Tim Spears. Yeah, welcome back to The View from the Lane. Uh, James Moore, Tim Spears, and myself, Danny Kelly. International week, so let's look at uh, having, uh, having wallowed in Spurs' uh, international nostalgia in the first half. Let's bring the thing bang up to date. Indeed, let's prognosticate about the future. James, the, uh, the players are away on international duty now. I suppose, of course, um, the, the TV and radio where you are will be concentrating very heavily on England, which, considering you know they've had five and six players in the squad in recent memory, as, James, as Tim Spears almost remembered in the first half of the show, um, it's very likely to be just the one next time round, isn't it? The next World Cup, Qatar and Harry Kane. Or is Eric Dyer, after a two-year absence from the squad, going to make a late run and get into the squad? Yeah, it's difficult to know, isn't it? I mean, Southgate, having originally been praised as this kind of England manager who wasn't going to pick players on reputation, he'd pick players on form. When he first took the job, or in that first year up to that World Cup, it does feel now like... He has his favourites. And Dyer obviously kind of fell out of favour, rightly or wrongly. I, I guess we'll find out uh, in these next two matches whether or not Maguire's going to start over Eric Dyer. Um, I mean, Jack will be at these two games, so he'll be there to talk us, about that, talk us through that first time next week. But, I mean, he really should go. I mean, he, he on performance, is he the best? Has he been the best English centre-back this calendar year? I mean, close to it, if not. Yeah, the one's playing in England. Yeah, 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 fine. I'm I'm very big on Tamori. I think he's a fantastic But he's playing in a a free, which is a system we know Southgate is going to be desperate to play. Uh, So it does kind of feel like he should be close to being one of the first names on the team sheet for me. On a kind of tactical level, purely on the basis of the fact he plays in that system every week and plays really well in that system every week. Uh, and obviously, as you know, it's familiar with a lot of the players in that setup. If you think if if, if, if um, Kyle Walker ends up playing on the right at that three, as he's done as he's done quite a lot for England, then obviously he's got a pretty good relationship with him. We know him very well, even if not in that system. And at the risk of getting shouted at, of course, he also brings cover in central midfield as a defensive midfielder, because with Calvin Phillips looking less and less likely to go, bless him. Um, because I've, I've always thought, Eric, uh, I said this the other day to, uh, on another platform to Danny Murphy, and I got snorted at. I said, uh, I've always thought uh, Eric Dyer's best football for Spurs was pretty played as the d- central, the centre defensive midfielder um, under Pochettino. And, and, and Danny Murphy went, yeah, with Moussa Dembele. And I thought, yeah, and Wanyama. Oh, we had a wall of muscle in front of those defenders in those days. Not like now. I'd say his best form was maybe in that season where he played as the centre, the central defender with Vertonghen and Aldevar on either side. Again, pretty good cover, uh, and was kind of playing out from the back, like way more than he does now, like a, more, a less defensive role than the role he plays now. Yeah, he he he's he's kind of taken up the Aldevar old crossfield ball is now his uh, job, but he's not quite as good as Toby as it. No, I mean I guess he the... played in midfield at Euro twenty sixteen and the last World Cup, but yeah, I don't see Southgate. Having kind of watched the way he picks teams over the last few years, I'd be amazed if if Phillips is out. I think he'll pick Henderson. 
Yeah, of course he will. He's, you know, safety first, pragmatic. I find it faintly ridiculous, to be honest, that Eric Dyer hasn't been in the squad for so long. You know, th- there are certain players that aren't in the squad in, based on character, I think. You, you can kind of pick pick ones as to, as to why they've not been there, but Eric Dyer's sort of character is without question. He's been so consistent, fits that three at the back perfectly. You know, he'll get the nod ahead of Cody, I think, for that for that slot. I think he'll be in the squad, because certainly the fact that there's a 26-man squad makes him pretty likely to be there. I guess that versatility when you've got that many players, I suppose, like you, you, you might pick one or two on the basis of their personality. And you, well, he, he might not take twenty six. Maybe not. I bet he does, though. I just think he'll be. I just think he won't make the mistake of taking difficult personalities and not play them. Like the only, the only one, the only kind of big personalities he'll take will be ones in the team. I think that's a mistake, isn't it? No, he, he'll take it. The, the squad is now so huge, uh, thanks to the change in the rules. He will take every English qualified Premier League player except James <laughs> Madison. I think that's how it, how it shakes down. Um, incidentally, very quickly, um, central defenders playing as the defensive midfielder. Um, I know I didn't dream it because I was there. The first game back at the new Wembley, England played Brazil. Um, I was in what can only describe as a luxuriously um, libated um, box provided by one of Britain's leading bookmakers. No names, no pack drill. Letty King played, played in midfield for England that day uh, against Brazil. Um, I should make the point that um, Ryan Sessignon, who appears to have been around since they built the pyramids, is still in the under-21 squad, along with Jed Spence and Oliver Skip. Skip apparently fit enough to play now, which is good. Um, let's talk about some of the other players away on international duty. I'll give you, um, I'll give you them. Um, Perisic, who are, uh, he's still in the Croatian squad. Um, they got they've got to play against uh, Denmark and Austria. Uh, Pierre Emil Hoiberg. Um, has to play great against Croatia and France, Kuliszewski, um, Serbia and Slovenia, and on and on. Richarlison has a real chance to nail down his place as centre-forward in that Brazilian team that's not short of forward players. Um, they play Ghana and Tunisia. Uh, Bentancur is going to play against Iran and Canada. Uh, Mali, of course, have qualified, so Yves Basuma will play against... Uh, they're playing Zambia twice. Mali haven't qualified. Have they not? Oh, no, sorry, this is these are play way on international duty. I beg your pardon. Thank you very much. Um, they're doing a double header like on Hackney Marshes against Tun- against Zambia. Just back to back, they're just going to play them like over three hours and then go home. Well, as I say, when you when the weather was particularly foul in the winter on Hackney Marshes, you, you and you got so far behind with the fixtures, we used to play one 30 minutes each way game, then have an hour off, then play the same team in a much more bad tempered game because, of course, um, tiredness and how much you hated these opponents had set in. You played another 30 minutes each way game in order to catch up the fixtures. You're right, Mali have not qualified. Um, Argentina have. Romero will play against Honduras and Jamaica and Son will captain South Korea against Costa Rica and Cameroon. Um, James, is it... So that's a whole... I mean, let's say Dyer does go. Of the certainties, and that's two, three, four, five, six, seven, Basuma's not eight, eight, nine players who will unless something dramatically strange happens and Davis will be 10 um, he's withdrawn from the Wales squad because of are you happy that we've got so many players away at this World Cup in the middle of the season yeah it's funny isn't it because I, I, having talked before about like claw, like clawing desperately to the, the number of Spurs players that have played in World Cup finals or even played in the tournament itself when I was a kid in like in the 90s for them now to have like yeah, predominantly the whole squad out at a tournament. Uh, I guess we should kind of be quite happy about that. It's, it's a good sign, isn't it, when you've got that many players going to the progress, World Cup. At the yes. end of the season, you would just be able to really enjoy it. 
obviously halfway through it does feel a bit different. Um, and there is that debate, like whether it's better, if a season's going to stop for four weeks, whether it's better to be playing matches than not. Like mentally and physically, whether it's better to, better to have that intensity, like running through that period than like being sat on the beach for two weeks and then back in sort of pointless mid-season training for two weeks, which is what I see more happen to Lucas Moura and whoever else. I think I think it's fine if if some of them exit the tournament early, but otherwise, I'm not sure I see a benefit to playing in a semi-final or a final or a third-place playoff seven days before Brentford away on Boxing Day. It's not it's not it's not just travel which plays a big part of it. It's it's like I said earlier, form, fitness, injuries, fatigue, but the mental side more than anything. Yeah, the, the the massive high or the massive low, which is guaranteed either of those from a semi final or a final, and then going straight back a week later. You know, we we see players have hangovers uh, normally from from a World Cup or a Euros going into the season. I think we saw it after the Euros um, at the start of last season with several English players. The 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 the, the mental fatigue that's going to come from that. It's just going to play a massive part in the second half of the season and make things very very unpredictable. And I don't really see any benefit to Spurs having a lot of players out there other than a, a few in matches to keep at their intensity like you say James it's going to be the most maligned third fourth pace playoff isn't it ever because you can see there's going to be like there's definitely scope for there being a few Spurs players in that maybe like, like you know you said before the oh, last, very much so last time. very much so um, the mental fatigue of um, having to go back knowing that um, Alf ha- uh, sorry that um, Erling Haaland has, has had four weeks off to get himself ready for the game um, and Salah and Kulazewski though so um, okay. You mentioned the list earlier. This feels like a massive outside shot with Ryan Sessegnon, but the fact that Luke Shaw's not playing a minute for Man United at the moment, he hasn't played in the league since the 4-0 defeat at Brentford, and Chilwell at Chelsea's obviously now got competition for his place, Kukurea and even even Sterling at left wing back recently. So it's probably going to come too soon for Sessegnon, but if, if, the, if the World Cup was at the end of the season, I think he'd have a much better chance of getting in. Um, yeah, if he, was, if he was going to try him out, he'd have tried him out in these games. I think so. He? It's a shame. But the fact that the fact that Shaw and Chilwell are both in there, but not but not really playing much for their clubs, it's probably going to come too soon, which is a shame for him. And it's a shame for him also that Perisic didn't really work out brilliantly at right wing back um, against Leicester last time out, because otherwise I think that would probably be two wing backs going forward for your big games. The, uh, the, the Perisic experiment was complicated by it not being Christian Romero playing next to him. Um, and I think it may be repeated when Christian is back in the team. Um, there are a few... A few Spurs players who are on the very, you could say, are on the edge. Emerson Royale has played for Brazil in the recent past, but I, if you if you imagine that Titi, the uh, the manager of Brazil, is still preferring to play a 38 year old Danny Alves, I suspect um, that tells you that Emerson has very little chance of making that squad. Lucas Moura is now a footnote in Brazilian international history. Clement Longley has played for France. Can't see that. Um, the other one we shouldn't forget is that Joe Rodon is still a Spurs player and he will be playing in the World Cup. Um, having having now recovered his form, actually, he just needed some regular football. Um, the other thing I think we should mention about the break, again, it's an outside chance, but Harry Kane, three goals away from equaling uh, the England goal-scoring record. You never know. Yeah, it is pretty stern opposition and they'll have to give Ivan Tony some game time as well, won't they? Yeah, I, absolutely, I, I, yeah. I'd love um, him to, you know, it'd be great if he could get that under his belt before the World Cup. Yeah, I think that's a horrible thing to be close to going into the tournament, isn't it? You really don't want to have that, like, hanging over you. Because then it'll be, 
Like for someone like Kane, not getting three or four goals at a tournament would be deemed a bit of a failure. How many? Uh, Particularly how many, after um, scoring six, whatever was the last one. Six, yeah. How many friendlies are they due to play in? in a, not, uh, it's that's just it, these two games. It, none it. at all, not even one. No. Italy, Germany. Straight in. Then you, then you play uh, whoever it is, um, Wolves away, and then you and then two days later <coughs> you're in the World Cup. That's how that's how it's working this season. Which takes me to the um, issue of, I think there are four. Five, if you include Dyer, Spurs players who probably think they can, they can win this World Cup. Uh, the two in the England squad, if, if Dyer goes. Lloris, hoping for a repeat, as the Americans would say, of what they did in Russia four and a half years ago. Christian Romero is a central to an Argentinian team that hasn't been beaten in three years. Um, I, I should put an asterisk next to that. They, they didn't play very often during the COVID. They did a lot of flying around. They didn't play very often. And of course, they managed to... They managed to squirm their way out of the most difficult fixture, um, the away tie in the South American champ- uh, qualifiers uh, against Brazil, which was called off after seven or eight minutes when the officials went on the pitch and said, you're all absolutely riddled with COVID, get off of our pitch. And despite FIFA's insistence over the past 18 months that that game be played, despite both Argentina and Brazil having qualified by about a million points, they finally, about two weeks ago, very quietly let it all right, then don't play it. Because at one stage, we're going to play it in Australia. That's because football is bonkers. Um, and Richarlison is part of a Brazilian team that Brazilian people think is their best chance of winning the tournament. In, well, it's nearly 20 years now, isn't it? Um, the issue, I think, James, for the Spurs uh, fans, is that um, Kane and Lloris, if they play, if England and France play to their abilities and, then they, and they win their groups, they are slated, if that's the right word, to meet in the quarterfinals. I saw, and you're, you're suggesting that's a problem for Spurs, given what we just said. Is it not a good thing for Spurs that no, one no, or other? No, would... no, no, no. I'm just, no, yes, I'm not. I'm, I'm just talking about the Spurs players. You know, we we, we haven't got anything else to talk about in this, in this podcast. For God's sake, help me, help me out here. <laughs> I mean, I guess look, if, you, if you're thinking purely, if you're thinking, if you're, especially if you're not English, if you're thinking purely from a Spurs perspective, then you want Lloris to keep. Kane and possibly Dyer at bay and then uh, go through. You would imagine like a goalkeeper is going to be less affected physically by the the strains of a World Cup. And also because he's already won it, probably less so emotionally as well. Although um, his injury going into these two games, Tim, you're, you're, the current, you're the expert. There are a lot of people in France who think he's no longer France's best goalkeeper. They like Mike Magnon. Um, and he will play these two games and there will be a clamour if he does well um, for for Magnon, Magnon, however he's pronouncing his name, bless him, um, to start. I mean, I can't see that because Deschamps, even more than Southgate, is totally obsessed with those who have served him well. Um, but it's, ju- it's just an outside chance that he might not start the tournament. Uh, I know he's captain and all the rest of it, so it does seem unlikely. Yeah. Surely he's not going to drop the captain, surely. Yeah, and it's it's not it's not like he's out of form going into the tournament, and there's really a question mark. I mean, he's got he's got plenty of other decisions to make, isn't he? I imagine the absence of Pogba yeah. is more occupying his mind than which of these two brilliant goalkeepers to play. Yeah, I take exactly. That point. Yeah. All right, let me ask you then, Tim. Which of the Spurs players will go furthest in the upcoming World Cup? Kane, Romero, Richarlison, or Lloris? I think it will be Lloris. I know that's the boring answer, but I, I think I think France are probably the favourites for me. James James will be doing a lot of research into it as part of his current uh, role. Um, France and Brazil were the two favourites. Current role? What do you know that we don't know? 
Well, well, he's, well, he's, well, he's, well he's, 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 sat, he's sat on a different desk at the moment. I don't know if that's uh, if that's allowed to be aired, but yeah. Just the World Is Cup. Is it now. promotion Cup, or Cup, oh, sideways, sideways, sideways? Sideways, yeah, sideways. Okay. Step. I've 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 been sitting next to him for the past couple of days, but un- unfortunately, um, James will probably be annoyed that I bring this up. But we've we've managed to wear similar shirts. We dressed basically exactly the same the last two and, days. And, and, that's yeah. the level of respect I uh, get yeah, from Tim I was, that I never had. I like that. Before, I like that. After a while, it just becomes creepy, though, doesn't it? Yeah, after, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah it does. <laughs> on Monday, I, I, it was bad. Tuesday, sorry. I thought it was some kind of uniform. Um, now that we're both on the Spurs beat, and I was actually considering texting you uh, this morning in case you were coming to the office just to let you know what I was wearing. Uh, but I thought that would be a bit weird. Comes a bit of an HR issue there, doesn't it? Are, are, your, are France your favourites, James? I think so. Yeah. I mean, they just obviously got a lot of very good players and. They know how to win a World Cup, and that kind of seems so obvious. But and there's, you don't often get a team win it twice in a row, do you? To be fair, no, and they were quite bad rare. at the Euros. So and and, they're, and, they're, and they've been chaotically bad for so, for a couple of years now. And there's a bit of a sideshow going on, isn't there? As well, with like, this Mbappe kind of image rights stuff and all this popular yeah. stuff. So and yeah, Antoine, Antoine Griezmann, so yeah, who may or may team. not play every. Any, he only at plays twenty nine minutes a week now because of the, the, the scuffle between Atletico Madrid and Barcelona um, about his services. Uh, I, I, for what it's worth, and kids do not put your mortgage money um, on on football matches that I re- where I recommend the result because I've got no track record on this at all. Um, I suppose you'd have to say yeah, France just got bucketfuls of brilliant footballers. Could probably bring a second squad there and also reach the semi-final. Um, so uh, yeah, I think it's Hugo raising the trophy towards the uh, Qatari sky is the, the the likeliest outcome that I can imagine. I'm Lindsay Hooper, host of the Athletic Women's Football Podcast. After the euphoria of the Euros in the summer, the WSL is back with some massive shocks already. This weekend, there's some mouth-watering ties with a record crowd expected for the North London Derby at the Emirates. And it's Derby Day on Merseyside too. Plus, there's a titanic tussle in South London as Chelsea and Manchester City go head-to-head, both looking for their first points of the season. For all the insight and opinion you need, join me and our stat panel of experts this week and every week on the Athletic Women's Football Podcast. Listen for free and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, I think we I mean, I think you all agree we have squeezed every last drop out of talking about the upcoming internationals. Um, Tim, now that you're actually paid to keep a jeweler's eyepiece on the activities of Tottenham Hotspur, um, any other any other little gobbits you want to bring to us? Uh, one thing from this morning is that Hoiberg was nominated for Premier League Player of the Month, actually, uh, which people might, might be surprised well, 50, about. 50% um, of people say he's a shoe-in to win it. 50% of people say sack him, sell him, put him in prison. Yeah, that's how it works at Spurs. Um, and also there's a, there's there's the first of two North London derbies in a week. Uh, the women are playing at the Emirates on Saturday. Um, should be yeah, a massive, massive attendance. They, they sold they sold forty thousand tickets for the original date, which was postponed. Um, but yeah, with um, obviously with no men's fixtures this weekend and domestically, that's going to take attention and massive game for Spurs. They've only played one game to start the season, but um, but yeah, a huge test going away to Arsenal. But um, but it's on BBC One as well, I believe. So everyone can and tune if in and watch. Talking about about the women's team, I know it's, they've, the club has announced they've sold all their season tickets for this season as well, which is fantastic news. Um, I'll leave it to you, if I, if, if I may, uh, James, to, to help me with this one. 
Um, Antonio Conte spotted in Turin. Yes, he's been in Turin this week. Um, people are saying it's a coincidence. He's he, taking some R and R. But if he was, if he had been spotted in Sorrento or some other sort of resort, great. Isn't Turin a kind of industrial city? Not, not, not unlike Birmingham. Yeah, I've never been there, but that is the impression I've always been given that it's <laughs> not like kind of a top tourist destination. <laughs> Presumably, he must have like having played for Juve for so long and obviously yeah. managed as well. She must have, like, sort of friends and family, though, right? It's, it's, it's understandable. Oh, don't, yeah. don't worry, yeah. Danny. Yeah. Why are you always so negative? I'm, no, James. You're more positive I, I, like me. I, I, just, I, just, I don't like um, ankle showers, um, if, if you know what I mean. If you're going to be at Spurs, be at Spurs. If you want to be at, at, at Juventus, which is perfectly acceptable, then go and be at Juventus. But don't be half in and half out, as this fella sometimes appears to me to be. I reckon having having, li- having lived in Birmingham and also travelled to Turin a couple of times, I, I I don't see any similarities. Birmingham's better, just, yeah. Just to say. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's yeah, of boring. course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I guess he has lived there for what fifteen years of his life. Maybe he's there for most of his career as a player, a few years as a manager. I, I, as you say, lots of friends and family there. I, I'm I'm not going to wouldn't be panicking about no. it. Um, I, I, I'm not panicking. I've decided to remain, sort of attain a Zen-like state of inner calm um, about Antonio Conte. It's the only way to get through the days. Something wants me to talk very briefly, and the last thing, uh, and just, just I'm just going to say something. You don't have to comment. Um, Spurs players in their international careers. Um, Steve Perriman played a thousand games for Spurs, something like that, wasn't it? About a thousand, um, and was inspirational captain when I was a kid, and all the rest of it. And everyone loves him, and he's still a great man. Um, and he was one of those players, because in the days before substitutes, or when there's only one substitute, um, who didn't get. If everyone thought he's not going to get an England cap, this fella, Peter Simpson of Arsenal, was similarly um, a brilliant player, won the double, um, but didn't get an England cap. Um, so eventually, um, Perryman was called up to an England B squad um, to play against Iceland. Um, and came on as a as a substitute. He played half a game against Iceland, but it's a B international, it doesn't count, except the Icelandics down the line suddenly uh, decided, hang on, we played a full England team here. We demand, this is a really good England team. We want to put this down, and we had our best players out as a full international. FIFA agreed, and Steve had his half an appearance in an England shirt, upgraded to a full England cap. Put him on your list, people. And actually, if you ever speak to Steve about it, he's very, very proud of the fact indeed. It's been great fun looking forward to the internationals when we come back. Probably be Tuesday next week because it's a game on Monday. We want to get them all in. Jack will have seen England. We'll have seen Spurs' players in various kind of action. And we'll talk about all of that. In the meanwhile, um, if you're not already an Athletic subscriber, remember you can sign up uh, to read all the brilliant Spurs coverage this season. Um, as well as everything else on the site, including all this World Cup stuff that James is working on, just go to theathletic.com forward slash Spurs pod and sign up right now for just £1 a month for six months. That's theathletic.com forward slash Spurs pod. Thank you for listening. Thanks, James and Tim, for taking part, particularly with all due respect, Tim. Um, James's uh, naming of the 10 Spurs players who played in World Cup finals, bear in mind I've probably forgotten one, but you know what I mean, was absolutely magnificent. So we see you all again on Tuesday. Cheers for now. The Athletic.